continue with our conversations. President Sir Ramaphosa leading, as I said, a delegation uh, to a 12-day International Labour Organization annual conference happening in Switzerland in Geneva. And uh, this meeting is titled Building a Better Future with Decent Work. It ends in the next few weeks or so on June 21. And uh, it's the 108th session of the ILO. And uh, uh, you would recall, of course, that uh, Sir Ramaphosa, our president, and Swedish Prime Minister Stefan Lofen uh, were appointed co-chairs of the ILO's Global Commission on the Future of Work uh, on May uh, 10, 2018, which was last year. And one of the things, of course, that uh, this conference will tackle is that, just that, the future of work, and, of course, uh, many other issues uh, related to the interface between labor, uh, issues of work and conditions of work, and social justice. And uh, these include workplace harassment and, of course, the displacement of work associated with many of our technologies and the future of that work. I'm joined by Dr. Johnny Musabayana, and I did say for some of you who don't know what the ILO does, we're going to be talking about that. And uh, Dr. Johnny is the ILO Director for Decent Work uh, in uh, Eastern and Southern Africa. And uh, I assume he's joining us uh, from Geneva. Dr. Johnny, are you in Geneva? Not at all. I'm just right here in Pretoria, Ivonga. Thank oh, you very much ish. for having me. Do they not invite you? Do they not invite you? Protocols, Chief. Dr. Johnny, um, I I did say, I mean, uh, throughout the course of this conversation that many people have been making uh, quite a a lot of noise about how big the South African delegation is uh, to this particular conference and the cost of it. Um, And I think many of us uh, probably don't understand uh, the ILO in relation to the UN system because I've never heard uh, of, uh, I guess, uh, similar cases being made about other uh, conferences and delegations from South Africa going to other uh, United Nations work. But uh, just maybe explain and locate the ILO for us uh, in uh, the uh, UN global system, but also the work that it does uh, here in our region and uh, some of the work that you lead. Thank you very much for this opportunity. Good evening again. Um, the introduction I've made about the comparison is very apt. The ILO is the oldest international uh, uh, organization of the United Nations. Mm. The UN is made of about 40 different agencies looking at very different elements of um, human life, uh, refugees, health, uh, drugs, uh, and we are are dealing with labor, the labor market. Mm. What the ILO basically does is to set standards globally on what is the minimum flow on how people at work, people in the world of work, should be treated and how enterprises should try to uh, get the best out of human beings through enhancing productivity by better managing their workforce. And so the ILO sets what are called international labor standards. And these are done through conventions. And these conventions are then ratified by member states which means countries sign up to each and every one of those conventions. So let me give an example now on Freedom of Association Convention 87, which leads to the establishment of trade unions in the workplace, which leads to compelling companies to engage in dialogue with employees on the working lives of those people. Mm. Uh, We have a convention on uh, uh, non-gender discrimination, we have a convention on equal pay for work of equal value. That if you do the same kind of work, you should be paid the same kind of money. Uh, just unrelated to race, to, 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 to gender, 
uh, to color, to creed, and so on. Mm. So we have many of these conventions. So the ILO and then all the countries of the world. That's why it is that wherever you go, a definition normally works starts at 8 and finishes at 5, and between 1 and 2, there's lunch, you have a tea break. These are standards that the ILO has put in place and countries all over the world. Mm. And it's important, I think, Dr. Choni, to underscore that those are also outcomes of of workers' struggles. It's not some divine right that we've got a five-day week or we've got lunchtime breaks and uh, there's certain specified hours of work. It's also an outcome of uh, a lot of uh, contention between employers and uh, employees historically. Indeed. And and these are are historical battles that have been fought and these are victories that workers have achieved. And the platform, the fora, uh, the playground where they're able to have these battles in an organized manner is at the International Labor Conference. Okay. So this conference is held every year, and it chooses particular themes. Sure. And as is now, 6,000 delegates from countries all over the world attend and discuss the particular themes that are under under, under under contention in okay. a particular year. Dr. Johnny, I'd want us to pause there slightly. We'll come back to this issue. I just need to take a, a brief ad break. But when we come back, we continue to look at uh, the agenda for this year. Yeah. Five minutes it is, or just before five minutes, uh, just under... Just over five minutes, I should say, before 9 p.m. I'm in conversation with the ILO Director for Decent Work uh, in Eastern and Southern Africa, Dr. Johnny Musabayana. And uh, we're talking about uh, the uh, ILO, and uh, which has, of course, uh, its uh, 108th session uh, in uh, Geneva in uh, Switzerland. And President Cyril Ramaphosa, a few hours ago, uh, was addressing uh, that uh, uh, platform. And uh, Dr. Johnny, uh, I maybe want to draw our attention now to uh, the work that uh, President Cyril Ramaphosa and the uh, Swedish Prime Minister Stefan Löfven have been tasked with. And uh, of course, uh, what responsibilities and uh, what work uh, uh, would go under that uh, ILO Global Commission tackling uh, this vexing matter of uh, the future of work? President Ramaphosa is to be applauded for the role, the leadership that he has um, played in the ILO. Uh, not only for South Africa, but let me say for Africa. We know that demographically Africa is the, is the continent with the youngest population. You know that they say, while other populations now, the Europeans followed by the Asians, remember, are aging, the Africans are getting younger. Mm. And that over the next 20, 30 years, Africa will have the highest number of young people. And therefore, the world of work means so much uh, to Africa and to South Africa because we are the population with the young people who look forward to engaging effectively with the world of work over the next, uh, over the coming decade. So this uh, commission that they uh, uh, led was to look at the future of work, the mm. changing nature of work, the impact of uh, changing technologies, the, the artificial intelligence, robots, mechanization, but also look at the impact of demographics. Also look at the issue of climate change, because all of these are big drivers that are changing the nature of work and what we used to know as work. And therefore, given that we will have young people, we need to know how best can we ensure that those young people are fit for the work world of work of tomorrow. We are already sitting in South Africa, which is typical of many African countries, on 40% uh, 
unemployment if you add discouraged work seekers. Mm. But we know that statistics already tells us, I think, 54, 55% unemployment for young people. And yet, as President Ramaphosa has rightly done, he had a job summit at which he set a target of, I think, a billion dollars in investment. If I'm not mistaken, we're probably somewhere around 300, 350 million that he has managed to source. And yet, growth remains stubbornly very low. Mm. And unemployment continues to creep upwards. We saw the statistics saying that 27, I think, 0.6, it has increased by 0.6 percentage points. And so, in that context, engaging in a dialogue at the global level, because I think what I want to stress to the listeners is that the sectors driving unemployment in South Africa are probably largely more external than internal. Mm. I know that where we sit, we see a lot of uh, the state capture issues, we see a lot of the challenges around the the mandate of the Reserve Bank, but I actually, what will impact the rand more tomorrow is what the Americans do with the American dollar. And what will impact tomorrow is the trade war between the U.S. and China. Mm, mm. And therefore, we must understand that the fate of South Africa, the fate of Africa, must be fought on the global stage. The global international system determines local conditions much more than the local conditions that we are so, let's say, very averse to and very responsive to. And, 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 and so engaging at the global level, Africa has been independent now collectively for about mm. 50 years. But the science of engaging at the international level is something that I think we are only beginning to learn now. Sure, sure. But the rules Johnny, of the game, yeah, yeah. the rules of the game, are shaped in boardrooms globally. Yeah. And if you are not there, if you are not there in sufficient numbers at the right quality level, mm. your voice will not be heard. Doctor Johnny is shaped, and you become a victim. Just on the point you're making, I, I mean, I'm interested to hear from you. Uh, the um, the efficacy of that kind of strategy. Because you, you are correct when you say the rules, even of trade, I mean, I said World Trade Organization, uh, the uh, uh, you know polarizing debates around geopolitical power are determined in some of those platforms. But what do you do in a context where you can see you have a Donald Trump who has very little respect, I guess, for some of these uh, multilateral rules that have been placed uh, into play here, which, uh, of course, might unleash an entirely different a geopolitical environment here and uh, more importantly what does that mean for us sitting here in Johannesburg in South Africa in 2019 to know that uh, even some of those global approaches might uh, of course fall to the whims of uh, big players and uh, the superpowers if I can use that Cold War logic. Why not mention in particular heads of state let me say that we, we have South Africa has a leadership role to play not only in Sadak, but in Africa. Mm. And therefore, to the state of that role, you have to be adequately engaged uh, in debate, in this case, on the labor market globally. The conditions and the rules of how people are going to be engaged in the workplace tomorrow are being shaped in Geneva now. And that will impact a person in Nostrade, a person in Palabora, a person in Tamil, wherever you are. And so it is correct that President Ramaphosa goes with the adequate delegation he needs to be able 
to sit in those technical meetings. They are discussing now 10 recommendations, if I come specifically to the report which you asked me to dwell on, on what does the future look like. Mm. There are three pillars, but we need to invest in people much more. I'll come back to this. We need to invest... Unfortunately, we're going to have to go through it quickly because we have already run out of time, Dr. Jack. Oh, so so the issue of skills for young people, Mm. the the, the appropriate type of skills, uh, the the institution, CCMA, uh, the labor court, mm. uh, compensation funds, all of these are going to be impacted. So all the key role players in those institutions need to be there to be discussing what should the social security systems of the future look like mm. in a situation where the majority of the work will become more temporary than sure. permanent. These are the debates that they are having. Okay. And therefore, I, I just wanted to say we must engage at the appropriate level mm. so that we can influence how the world of work is going to be governed in sure. the future. Dr. Johnny? To, to complain after the rules are already set. Mm, mm. Dr. Johnny, we'll have to leave it there. Unfortunately, uh, we have run out of time. I really appreciate that you could take time out to speak to us. And the point, and mo- point that you make there at the end, that uh, we got to be at the table when the rules are made and not complain after the fact. Uh, Dr. Johnny Musabayana is the ILO Director for Decent Work Team for Eastern and Southern Africa. And that then is the final whistle for us. On this uh, Monday, it's been a pleasure to be with you. I leave you uh, with the soulful sounds of uh, 9 to midnight uh, with uh, Sentley. You have yourself a great evening. Take strength, my Africa. Sisekulendo yoko yibanga. Le economy.